are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Yes, indeed, you are here for a reason. Welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, what a blessed day. What a what a great book uh, that Peter has given us. Uh, I think you're going to like what the Holy Spirit has given me to say today. Uh, you know, I often listen to people who I consider to be much smarter than me and some of the commentaries on these when I prepare. And the Lord almost always gives me something fresh and new. And today, we're going to be talking about how you actually hear from the Holy Spirit and how to live it out in your life. I think it's going to be astounding. I want to start off with a uh, worship song. If you were listening to this on a replay and you want to skip this song, I don't know why you would because this is a good one, folks. But uh, it's going to be about five and a half minutes. You would skip forward if you need to. But first, let me pray. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be with the other saints on this blessed morning. Lord, your love really is new every morning. And Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit communicates with each one here today through our spirit, Lord. And Lord, that you personalize this and you give each one exactly what you know they need to live out the life that we are called to live in Jesus. Lord, you know each one of us individually, you've counted the amount of hair or lack thereof on our heads, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you personally tune this message to each one. And, Lord, I thank you for each one that is here. I do pray you expand our tents, Lord, at this time. As we give you praise, glory, and honor by the Spirit. And thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. One of the ways to learn to hear the Spirit of God, of course, is to immerse yourself in worship. And this is one of my favorites, and it's one of my favorite artists. It's Rich Mullins. I've played this one before. But not only are the lyrics, I believe, very heartfelt, sincere in seeking and praising, but 
musician wise, it has excellence as well. So this is called Sing Your Praise to the Lord by none other than the late and great Rich Mullins. I'll see you in five and a half minutes. So must the song you gotta sing again The song born in your soul When you first gave your heart to Him Sing His praises once more Sing your praise to the Lord Come on everybody, stand up and sing one more Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord I could never tell you just how much good that it's gonna do you Just to sing aloud the song someone is dying to hear Down in the madding crowd Is you once were before you heard the song You gotta let them know The truth is a light to shine upon the way That maybe they could go I sing his praises once more Singing your praise to the Lord Come on everybody, stand up and sing one more Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord I could never tell you just how much good that it's gonna do you just to sing your praises to the Lord And everybody sing your praises to the Lord From the rising of the sun to the place where it sinks The name of the Lord Is to be praised The Lord is exalted Over all the nations 
His glory. I love the heaven. Who is like the Lord our God? The one who sits in Isn't that a good one? Let me know if you like that song. It's one of my favorites, certainly. Great to have every one of you here. Uh, just a reminder, and, you know, I think it was this week I had about four people disappear from my patron. Uh, a couple people canceled. A couple people's uh, credit cards expired. Uh, this is a listener-supported show, folks. Um, you know, it's true I did well uh, professionally before becoming a podcaster. But truthfully, uh, I've burned through my savings doing this. So I am firmly in the Trust Jesus Club now. And if it's on your heart to support this ministry, uh, then I would ask that you prayfully, prayerfully consider it. Um, another thing that's worth mentioning, you know, most other people will have a Patreon or something like that, and you get special privileges, special access. Well, there's, I think that's counterintuitive to what the gospel says. You know, Jesus, when he was talking to the Pharisees, because what they wanted to be seen in their giving, and he says, you've already got your reward. And I don't want your reward to come from this person. I want your reward to come from the Lord, because really, the Lord is the supplier of all things in your life as he is in mine. And when you do it through the Lord, I think that's just the uh, the right way to do it. So anyways, um, there are links in the description if you 
uh, would pray about it, I would certainly appreciate it. Um, one thing before we start here as well is uh, I was reading comments from last week's and there was a person who said, you know, this isn't the first time you've attacked Peter and <laughs> I've never attacked Peter. <laughs> but I think, and I appreciated his comments. They were passionate and uh, I just want to say my comments about Peter were in no way disparaging. I was simply making the point that Peter did not come from a higher education like a Paul did or a Luke or a Matthew. Peter was a simple fisherman, you know, um, not saying he wasn't intelligent. He could be the smartest and probably had greater street smarts than any of them. Uh, in fact, I think there's some indication of that. Um, but my point really is that God can use anyone that he chooses. And I also think in a lot of cases, having that higher education and being more knowledge in the world can actually work against you to understand because the gospel and the Bible is really only translated into your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And having great intellect, and as I say, Peter could have had very great intellect, probably more on the street smarts than book smarts. But I really think that you need to lose a lot of that intellect <laughs> to really come into the knowledge of God because we are pulled out of the world system and into the kingdom. So I hope that for that person, and I did respond in a comment, but I do hope that, that I've made that clear now. I'm going to read this uh, chapter in its uh, entirety, and then we'll pick up uh, from just before where we left off last time. And I just pray the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in this one. And I pray that in faith. I do believe he's going to. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials 
So the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which perishes through testing by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And through you, or, or sorry, and though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you did not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ, the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children... Do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as a lamb unblemished and spotless the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obedience to the truth for a sincere love of brothers and sisters, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass. And all its glories is like flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of God endures forever. 
And this is the word which was preached to you. I hope you noticed a couple things in this letter. And for fear of sounding like a broken record, <laughs> Peter wrote this letter to those who have been scattered throughout who were being persecuted, who were going through trials. But God wrote this letter to you. And in this letter, you, yes, you, each one of you, are mentioned personally by our God and the foreknowledge of your salvation. This is really a beautiful letter. <clears throat> so last time I read, um, we studied really th through the first nine verses, but uh, verses eight and nine, I just skimmed over because we were basically at an hour and I wanted to end it around then. But I want to pick up in verse eight because this is really um, a key part of what the Holy Spirit has spoken to me today in this. Oh, yes. I Sorry, I just looked over at chat and uh, Katie Q who's got her eyes fixed firmly on Jesus, says, praise God for the reading of his word. Amen. So verse 8 says, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you did not see him now, but believe in him you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible, full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. So verse 9 is obviously, it's talking about how we become saved. It's by faith, grace through faith. And what is faith? Faith is the belief in things yet unseen. And Peter, when he's writing this letter, he's writing to people who were not apostles. They did not have the personal experience of walking with Jesus in the flesh, but they walk with him in the spirit. It is the same for you. You are enduring trials. I say with confidence that every one of you has trials in this life. But you have believed in him and you love him. How is that possible? How is it possible that you... And I say, I'm going to really focus in on the men here. How is it possible 
especially coming out of the world where a man, you know, we don't love other men <laughs> yeah. in the flesh. But how is it possible you fell in love with someone you've not met? It can only be through the Spirit. And I want you to realize that first thing here. Because one of the things, the, knowing the Spirit and hearing from the Holy Spirit, I've heard so many, I've gotten so many emails even over the couple of year, last couple of years, especially saying, well, I don't hear from God. I think part of that is you have to understand how God communicates to you and which voices to block out and which ones to listen to. But the fact, really hear my words here. Do you love Jesus? The only way you have the capacity to love Jesus, whom you have not met, is by his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit has talked to your spirit and testified the glory of Jesus Christ. So first and foremost, I want you to understand that you have heard the voice of God. It is the only way that you could have loved Jesus Christ through faith. Now, it's true, just as it says in the first beginnings of this chapter, God knew you before the creation of the world, just like he knew the word of God before the creation of the world, before he knew Jesus before the creation of the world. And God had put a calling on your life, and he's put a calling on everyone's life. But at some point through circumstances, whatever it has been in your life, you chose to say, you know what? I can't deny the truth anymore. You see, Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way, he is the only truth, and he is the only eternal life. So at some point you decided to go his way. And you made the conscious decision after most of us hear the truth, then we deny the truth, we test the truth, and then the truth is proven to be true. And when you came to that point, you chose in faith to accept Jesus Christ into your life. And then God's promise of the Holy Spirit entered into you at that moment when you sincerely handed over your life. It 
Is it possible for God to speak to you audibly? Yes, it's anything is possible for God. He can do whatever he wishes. But for most of us, we do not hear an external voice saying, oh, who can I pick on? <laughs> I'm going to pick on Cacklesmack because you're the first name I saw when I looked over to the chat. <clears throat> so most likely Cacklesmack, <laughs> who I know, by the way, um, did not hear in the physical Cackle smack on this day. I wish you to No. That's how people in the world live and perceive life. But you were transferred out of this world and into God's kingdom. What is God? God is spirit. The world is flesh. It's fallen. And you were transferred out of it. But part of your earthly traits is your earthly makeup. And this is important for you to understand. And for some of you, this is, you know, 101. I get it. But it's good to talk about some foundational stuff because in this first chapter of Peter, it's very foundational. You are made up of flesh. You have your body. You have your soul. And you have your spirit. So your body is self-evident. It's your flesh and blood. And your flesh talks to you. I often say my flesh is my greatest enemy, far more of an adversary than, uh, than Satan in many ways because my flesh has, its nature is sin. It was born into me. It's part of my genealogy. And it actually says that later in this chapter. So our flesh is going to disappear. We don't want to put faith in our flesh. I think most of us would understand that. But where confusion comes in, in hearing from the Holy Spirit, which is the Word of God, it's the Spirit of Jesus, it says it right here, is our soul can add confusion to that because our, your soul is internal. It's not external. Your soul and your spirit are internal. And we don't have really hard definitions of these things. However, your soul is your intellect and it is your emotions. Your soul, actually, I think the Holy Spirit, it's just, your soul is the unique you. 
there's only one soul like yours ever created. Your soul is uniquely you. And if you listen to your soul, which is your intellect, your emotions, then you're listening to you, which has a fallen nature. So how do we hear from the spirit? Well, the chapter will go on to explain this. But just as, as just preemptively before we continue in verse 10 and carry on through the chapter, Many of us who have walked with the Lord for years have learned to discern what the Spirit is saying from what the soul is saying. And a good way to do that is to, you know, really block out your emotions and block out your intellect. We all have different ways of doing that. Um, I have many different ways that I approach God when I want to hear his voice. And some of my ways I wouldn't recommend to you guys because they're certainly strange, but um, I am a stranger than most. <laughs> I can prove it. But one of the ways, as mentioned, is to just immerse yourself into worship of God. And before you can really even immerse yourself into worship of God, it takes a little bit of preparedness. And I'm not talking about any kind of a ritualistic, okay, well, I do this, then I do this. No, it's not like that. You could just simply pray, Lord, I want to worship you in spirit and in truth today. And Lord, I love this particular song. It speaks to me and I pray that it speaks to you. And I want to sing along with this song in spirit and truth. Lord, would you help block out all the noise so my attention, my focus, my spirit can be aligned with you. Now, let me tell you something about the words I just spoke there. And you use your own words. It's not a formula. But those words are in alignment with the will of God. Because God's will for you is for you to be transformed, to be more and more like Jesus Christ who walked on this earth and gave us the very perfect examples of how to live. We will all fall short. Make no mistake. You already have. I already have. And I will, again, probably fall short before the end of this broadcast. Oh, I just saw something. 
Wow. Thank you, Lord. So verse nine, obtaining as the outcome of your faith. So because of your faith, this is what you get. And it says the salvation of your souls, your soul, the salvation of what is uniquely you. God loves everything about you. Don't tremble at the fact that you've gone astray. Yes, we're called to fear the Lord and not to go astray. We're called to be holy, as it will say later on in this chapter. But you have to let those things go. Do not hold on to them. When you repent, and you should, often, when you repent, know that it's been taken care of, because that's God's promise. He no longer holds it against you. You've repented. You were obedient to the Spirit communicating to your spirit because you wouldn't have repented otherwise. So that's another example of how you hear the Spirit of God. When he tells you to repent, when you have that conviction in your spirit, that has been the Holy Spirit communicating with your spirit. That is how the Holy Spirit communicates with you. He can do it in other ways, of course. He's God. But he communicates via his spirit to your spirit. Not to your intellect, not to your emotions, not to your flesh. His spirit speaks to your spirit because you are spirit, and that is the eternal part of you, and it brings along your soul, which is the uniqueness of who God made you to be. And God did not make any mistakes when he made you. He did not make any mistakes in you. And if someone might be listening and say, I was born with deformities, or I was born with this, I was born with that, I have... MS, I have whatever it is. God did not make a mistake. He made you that way for his glory. What do you do with it? What does the Spirit communicate to you to do with whom he uniquely made you to be? Oh boy, <laughs> I barely got going on this. As to this salvation, what is salvation? It is taking you out of this world and placing you into the heavenly kingdom. The prophets who prophesied 
of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what the person or time of the, listen to this, Spirit of Christ. Now we know this, the Holy Spirit, but it's interesting that it says the Spirit of Christ here. And there's a couple other places in the New Testament that it says this. So Old Testament prophets did not know the completeness of his plan. God told them of his redemptive plan, but they weren't sure exactly how it would unfold. And just as they weren't sure of the mystery, the great mystery of God that was to be revealed, that it wasn't just for the Jewish people, it was for all people. They didn't know these things. But they were seeking to know what the person or time of the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Now that verse 11, I think can trip people up very easily because, well, hold on. The Holy Spirit didn't come till you know, after Jesus was died and resurrected. And, you know, then he sent the spirit some days later. How did they have the spirit of Christ within them? Well, how were people saved in the Old Testament? They did not have the Holy Spirit as an immediate gift upon faith in Jesus or faith in God as they would have had in the Old Testament. But when they chose to serve God by faith and chose God's redemptive plan for their lives, they were saved. And I believe that God spoke to them in the same way he speaks to us now. His spirit to their spirit. Perhaps his Holy Spirit didn't reside in them. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But it does specifically say here, the spirit of Christ within them was indicating, as he predicted, the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. Is this not the gospel? The gospel was revealed to them in the Old Testament that they were not serving themselves. But you, they were serving you. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, David. It was revealed to them that they were serving you. And by serving you, they were serving God. It's the same God 
in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. And there's part certain parts of his plan that were v- revealed to us that weren't revealed to them, but there's certain parts of his plan that were revealed to them that are still yet to come that we haven't got figured out, even though we have the book of Revelation. God can reveal to whom he wants what he wants. And he's given enough in each generation. He has given enough, more than enough. In these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So, have been announced to you, he's talking to you, through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. So, so how does someone preach the gospel to you? It's by the Holy Spirit talking to their spirit, and then they open their mouths in faith and let the Holy Spirit talk to you. You are called to do the same thing here. The Great Commission is that you would spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do you do that? You have faith in who you are in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you have a gift of fluid speaking or anything, because it isn't you who should be doing the speaking. You need to turn yourself off. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your spirit and then open your mouth and trust. In fact, um, I don't want to go down deep in this, but some people say, well, I don't have the gift of tongues. I don't have this or that. Well, it's really, um, the gift of tongues is a gift. Some people have stronger gifts in certain areas than other people. I do have the gift of tongues. Does it come through me often? Sometimes. And when I do have the gift of tongues, it isn't something I premeditate. It's not like, okay, I'm about to pray, so now it's going to, it usually will just come. And it's because the Holy Spirit has spoken to my spirit and I open up my mouth. I don't think about it. I don't. <laughs> I just go on faith. So any of these churches or ministries that teach you how to speak in tongues and they give you the, you know, one particular phrase in a tongue. Okay, say this a few times and then it's going to come. It's going to, there is no teaching other than to quiet your mind and listen to the Holy Spirit. That's it. There's a very curious thing at the end of verse 12 here. Um, 
let me just read it in context, uh, which has now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things in into which angels long to look. Why would Peter put in that? It just kind of seems irrelevant. But nothing in the Bible is irrelevant or by mistake. So why would he say things into which angels long to look? Okay, I'm going to need to... Uh, so. I have some thoughts on this, but I'm curious just to see what anyone would say in the chat. There's no wrong answers, but why would he put in things into which the angels long to look? Okay, I can only give a few seconds here. Well, I'll go on to the next few verses and then I'll come back to the angels. Hold me accountable in the chat to come back to angels. Verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you to be holy yourselves also in your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy as I am holy. Oh, come on, chatters. Put in what you think about the angels. All right. All right. I'm not getting any answers. Oh, hold on. Here's one. So we know that our relationship with God is unique. We have a view of God different than that of the angels. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, Ellen Fox. Uh, and Michelle says maybe to let God know that He made us above the angels. And Katie Q says angels do not understand redemption. That's exactly where I was going, Katie Q. Things into which angels long to look. You know, there's ministries that preach talking to angels. And we're not called to talk to the angels. Now, God will use angels as messengers. That is who they are by nature. They're messengers. God has, throughout the Gospels, you know, we see Gabriel coming and telling Mary, and we see angels being used as messengers. But angels are unique. Angels were made in spirit. You were made you have a spirit, but you were made in the flesh. You were made in God's image. They were not. Angels are very powerful, very intelligent, very beautiful 
beautiful creatures. But they can't be saved. And they marvel at God's plan of redemption and salvation. They don't quite understand it because it's not for them. The ones who did not fall are with God eternally. And, I, and I'm sure they are happy to be angels. <laughs> when they look down, uh, some of, you know, obviously a third of heaven uh, looked down and said, well, we want to be man because he's made in God's image. He's higher than us, although we're lower for a time. And we are lower at this time. And so they were jealous of man and they revolted against God. But the angels who are up there with God and they look at the crap that we go through in these flesh suits, <laughs> they're probably really happy to be angels and serving in the capacity that they serve. Of course they're happy. They're in heaven. They're with God. It's just those that weren't satisfied because they saw something that they perceived to be better. What a mistake. Angels cannot be saved. So they long to look at this. And the angels are root, the ones that are in heaven are rooting for you. Yes, God sends angels to protect you. God uses angels. He's made them for his glory, just like he made you for his glory. But the angels look at us with great curiosity. And of course, because we're made in God's image, they love us. Except for the ones that are fallen, they hate us. The spirit world is much different than this flesh suit. So verse 13 is very interesting. So he starts off with the word therefore. And of course, you guys know whenever it says therefore, it means based on everything that I've said before, this is what I want to, this is where I'm going. Prepare your minds for action. The battle is for your mind. Yes, the enemy wants to kill off your flesh too. But the battle is for your mind. Because the enemy really doesn't get permission to kill off your flesh. And sometimes the Lord will let him take people out. We know. We've seen the examples in the Bible. But it's usually only if you've given your mind over. And then you become a victim of your own actions. So your mind is the battle space. And we know in this time we're living in, everything is psychological warfare. Everything. You can believe nothing in this world except for the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And just a quick side note for those of you who are watching live who watch it on the day that I record this. 
Um, my next show, which will be Tuesday, I have a super special guest coming on. Um, I don't want to say who it is. It's all confirmed. It's all lined up. There's no worry about that. But I just want to give you a couple clues. This is a person who has a channel that is a, a really good channel, has a has a large community. Um, and his roots are similar to mine. Our stories, although they're different, they're uniquely our stories, but God has brought us down very similar paths. It's been stunning as I've gotten to know this person over the last few months. And uh, this person has never shown his face uh, even on his channels. He's never come out publicly. And uh, he is going to do that on Right On Radio on Tuesday. And we don't have a scripted show in any means, but, you know, we were both praying on what to say, and he sent me a text today about what he would like to cover. And I just thought it was perfect. It's perfect. So it's going to be a real treat for you in the Right On Radio community, and uh, it's going to be especially a real treat for those who have walked with him for the last few years. So praise the Lord. So it's prepare your minds for action. How do you do that? Keep sober in spirit. And by the way, to be sober in spirit does not mean you cannot have a glass of wine, folks. For some people, you can't because you have a problem. You can never let anything control you. For some of you, it's permissible. For some of you, it isn't. You are uniquely you. But to be sober in spirit is to be clear-minded. It's not to be double-minded, having your mind go in every which direction. You must be a clear thinker. You must be able to cut through the noise. How do you do that? Right here. Set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right there. How do you clear up your mind? How do you lose your intellect? How do you overcome your emotions? It's right there. Prepare your mind for action, be a clear thinker. I just changed the words for clarity here. Set your hope completely on the grace. Remember, grace is the power of God in your life to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So keep your mind, prepare your minds for action Block out all the noise. Be a clear thinker by setting your hope completely on the power of God that has come on your life and brought you the revelation of Jesus Christ because you would not know or have the revelation of Jesus Christ unless the Holy Spirit has clearly 
spoken to your spirit. So don't ever say that you have not heard from God. You have. You want to hear more of God? <laughs> you want to hear his voice even clearer? Let's continue. As obedient children, child of God, you are, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance. You see, if you put your hope completely in Jesus Christ, then you're not <laughs> being conformed to the former lusts. Okay, yeah, but you know what? It's good to have all my hope in Jesus Christ, but I have to continue to work hard and uh, so I can buy a house. Okay. You're called to work hard. It's part of your calling. But don't trust in your job to buy you the house. Trust that God has given you the job so you can buy your house. You see how easy it is? You need to put your trust completely in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because before you trusted in your job and other things, which were the lusts because you were ignorant, the Holy Spirit had not spoken to you yet. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Folks, right here, this is also a stumbling block for many people. I feel it in my spirit. We, in our flesh, in our mind, in our souls, in our intellect, cannot imagine ourselves as holy. We see God as holy. Ah, holy. And he is. Make no mistake. <laughs> Holy means to be set apart. It doesn't mean you are going to be perfect. You can't be perfect in this flesh suit, but you can be holy. And to be holy is just to be set apart. <clears throat> I'm repeating myself a lot here today, but I want you to understand the simplicity of the gospel. You were taken out of this world, and when you were, you were set apart. You were set up in God's kingdom. So all you have to do is set your hope completely on the power of God, the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you do that, you shall be holy, for he is holy. Uh, bear with me. I know this is just a, a little bit over an hour, but if I, I think I can finish this. If you address as father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Don't be, a don't be afraid of anything on earth. Just have fear of the Lord. 
knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like gold or silver from your futile way inherited by your forefathers. So there it goes. There's your genealogy. Um, you were born into it, folks. You inherited it. But with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in this last times for the sake of you. Understand when God is, or Peter saying this to them, God is saying this to you. He's not saying it to the one who's sitting next to you who appears really holy and you see yourself as a sinner. He's saying it to you. You. Who through him are believers in God. So see, through him. You cannot be a believer in God wholeheartedly. You cannot have handed your life over to God except through him. It was his Holy Spirit speaking to you. Who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. You know, we could talk about the cross and what Jesus has done, and we will for all of eternity, certainly. But it, it, too many people think, you know, they think of the cross, and the cross is certainly a symbol of Christianity. But the cross means nothing. The cross was a torture device. It is what God suffered that had meaning. It is the life that he led before suffering that had meaning. And it's your life and your suffering that has meaning. How do you handle suffering? How do you handle the persecution? Well, you have to get your mind set for action. Because we're going through it now. Since you have purified your souls in obedience to the truth for a severe, sincere love of the brothers and sisters. Notice how it says you did it. Since you have purified your souls in obedience to the truth. But I thought God did it all. God did do it all. God called you first. He put you through whatever life experience it took to get you to salvation. But then you stepped out in faith and chose him. So you have purified your soul in obedience to the truth. You're saved by faith and his grace for a sincere love of brothers and sisters. Of course, because we're called to love one another. And it says fervently. So chase after it. Passionately chase after love one another from the heart. For you have been born again 
not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. And I'm going to come back to that and close on that. But all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, your body withers, the flowers fall off, so your body will start to fail, your beauty may start to go away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. But I want to close on verse 23. For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable. So now you're not of the seed, which was your flawed genealogy. You've been, your DNA, everything about you has been redeemed. But is imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. So I want to conclude on hearing from God. If you want to hear from God, obviously I've given a couple of examples already of how you have heard from God and how God communicates to you. But I think most importantly, I, I, those are the wrong words, importantly, It is reading the word of God for yourself, not trusting in man. Yes, it's good to listen. Hearing the word of God, perhaps some of you have been blessed by just hearing me read out some of these scriptures. Hearing the word of God will build your faith because you're hearing it from someone else who is filled with faith, and that helps build your faith because you're not alone in your flesh suit. But you have been brought into an intimacy with God, because he lives within you. Intimacy means into me see. Well, if you want to see inside of someone, isn't it better to be inside of them? The Holy Spirit is inside of you. You are intimate with the Holy Spirit which is fully God. And it is through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the only way you will ever understand the word of God. You cannot do it on your own intellect. It does not matter what your IQ is. In fact, the smartest people in the world have the hardest time understanding the gospel. It is only through submission and asking the Holy Spirit to translate the word into your heart that you will get to know it and you will hear you hear God's voice by reading the word for me as i've often said when i study the word many times i feel like there's a, literally i'm being rained on like physical rain i feel it on me because it's washing me it's supernatural god is supernatural not in the hidden knowledge, esoteric way. God is the inventor of all things supernatural. He is supernatural because he is not natural. He is spirit. When you read the word of God, 
God reveals his character. When you understand who God is to uniquely you, he's the same to everybody, but to you, he gives you a different life. You, your relationship with him is intimate and unique to you and him. Some things are, some people are called to do certain things. Some people are called to do other things. You are uniquely called with his great commission. And when you understand the nature of our Father and our Lord, and the Holy Spirit, then his word becomes alive in you and it'll help you navigate these times. In fact, when persecution comes your way, you can have joy through it. You can't do that in the world, folks. You can have joy in suffering. It's biblical. It's the exact opposite of everything the world puts forward. So I hope that uh, this broadcast was a blessing to someone. If it was a blessing to you, I would like to hear from you. Maybe write a comment or send me an email at writeonjeff at gmail.com. You know, when I get your testimonies, it really blesses me. It, it really does bless me when I get your testimonies. So if you feel like blessing someone today, if you want to follow this and fervently love one another from the heart, well, perhaps you could show me some love by showing what God's word has done for you. It's not what Jeff has done for you. It's what God's word has done for you. I am just willingly to fervently pursue you and to serve you on this day. Hey, don't miss next Sunday. Next Sunday is going to be a really special one. It's going to be special for me. I'll explain how next time. In the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, love your, fervently love your neighbor as yourself. And by doing that, you're going to make a difference in your community. God bless. 